Hello, everyone. This is Sam Biasi, a cold caller at Apex Revenue. And today we are going to be talking about my cold calling playbook on the SDR Game podcast. Today, we are going to learn more about the cold calling process of a top performer. Sam booked over 200 meetings and completed 3,200 conversations only over the phone since he joined Apex Revenue. This is the SDR Game the podcast to speed up your sales career and build more pipeline. In this episode, you are going to learn more about cold calling and the process of a top performer, how to meet your prospects in the Bears Pyramid, Sam's favorite cold calling opener, and how to engage prospects and encourage them to ask questions. Sam, uh, before Apex, you were you told me on offer that you are booking 80% of your meetings on the phone, and now at Apex, you book 100% of your meetings. So, And I read that you learned from Justin... And Ryan, that's what they're currently both working at um, Apex, uh, that you learn in six to eight weeks, you learn more than you three plus years prior you were at Apex. What specific uh, tactic did you adopt at Apex? And can you share a before and after example of your cold call approach? I think the biggest thing that that I learned from from Justin and Ryan, um, Justin Middleton, Ryan Reiser, great follows on LinkedIn if, if you're not following them. Um, but the number one thing is really just detaching from the outcome of the cold call a little bit and really meeting people like where they are. And so we talk a lot here at Apex about the Chet Holmes buyer buyer's pyramid. Um, so that basically says that, Hey, 3% of your target market is buying right now. Uh, six to 7% of your market is open to it. 30% of your market is not thinking about it and maybe they're open to it. Um, and then you have another 30% that does not think they're interested in what you're selling and another 30% that knows they're not interested in what you're selling. So before getting to Apex, I think a, a lot of cold callers could probably relate to this, but everyone's really focusing on the top 10% of that buyer's pyramid. People who are in the market right now, looking to take meetings, looking to buy. And then obviously they're open to the idea of buying right now. And those are the people who are just kind of, they're going to pick up the phone. You're going to get a quick meeting with them. Um, and here at Apex, we work off of something called completions. Um, so that's basically confirming you're talking to the right person, getting through a pitch, getting to an outcome. And I get paid the same if someone tells me to kick rocks and they're not interested for a, a specified reason as booking a meeting. Um, so all my previous companies, I only got paid on meetings delivered. So every single person who picked up the phone, I was trying to force them into that top 10% of the pyramid where it's like, Hey, if I don't get this person in a meeting, they don't show up. I'm not going to get paid. Um, here at Apex, we kind of flip that on their on its head where, you know, we're just trying to get to the truth of where people are at. Um, make sure we're talking to the right person, obviously, and then figure out where they are in that buyer's pyramid. Maybe it's a, you know, not interested, not now, talking to the wrong person, refer you to the right person, not me in general. Obviously, we want to book meetings and we want to get activated leads is what we talk about a lot. Um, but just changing the mindset of a not getting it paid for, for meetings booked. Like they work on me trying to do better at, at booking meetings, driving my meeting ask. But just when you know that you don't have to force these people to book meetings, you're just going to have more natural conversations with people, get to the truth of where they're at. And then you can follow up with them in the future if it's not the right time and just have more natural conversations where I'm not trying to force meetings down people's throats anymore. If I think there's a there's a gap and there's a reason for them to like a good reason for them to be taking a meeting, I'm going to ask them for the meeting and I book way more meetings now than I used to. But that's the number one thing is just learning about the buyer's pyramid, 
figuring out where people are at and getting to the truth of where these prospects are at, as opposed to trying to put everyone in the box where, hey, you should be taking a meeting with me. I've got the greatest thing here since sliced bread. You got to take it. You got to take a look. You got to take a demo. Um, so that's really the biggest thing for me is there's a lot of stuff in between there to, to get better at figuring out where people are at. But just the idea alone of not having to book meetings, not trying to force a meeting down everyone's throat, uh, you're having way better conversations and actually meeting people where they're at as opposed to bringing them to, to where you're trying to get them to go. So two things on what you said here. Well, really familiar with the pyramid and I'm going to add it um, on the video version of it so people can see it and they can see uh, what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I'm really aligned with that actually. And the second thing that you mentioned here, it's um, it sounds like at Apex, uh, you are currently focusing on fo not incentivizing SDRs, file call callers on the, the wrong behavior. You are more focused on uh, having a conversation, create some curiosity about uh, what you're offering instead of pushing for a meeting because that's why generally uh, prospects don't like to talk to salespeople because of that, because they, they, they know that salespeople, they have uh, some interest, they are paid on, they are paid on, they have some commissions uh, for, for booking some meetings. Yeah, 100%. I think a, a good way to put that is just worry less about being interesting and being more worried about being interested in, in your prospects and the people you're talking to. Their day-to-day, -day, maybe you're talking to the, right, the wrong person, but you have a good conversation with them. They can point you to, to, to the right person. Um, so yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, just being less, trying to be less interesting and more just genuinely curious, curious about where these people are, um, what their day-to-day -day looks like, what their company is going through, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, you hit the nail on the head there in, in terms of kind of picking out those two things. If we think about the pyramid specifically, do you adapt your pitch depending on where they are on the pyramid or do you, what do you do? No, we, we really like, we're we get a list of people we're going to call and that's obviously maybe segmenting and into where you want to take this next. Um, but we really have the same conversations, go through the same scripts with everybody. And it's just based on how they react to the scripts, based on the, how they react to, to what you say, then you can kind of get an, an idea of where they are, that pyramid. And then we're, we're putting them into buckets. So okay. Ryan Reiser, he wrote a book outbound sales, no fluff. It's a big part of part of that book is just buckets. So like, hey, these people are in the the buying now bucket. These people are in the not now bucket. Follow up with them like accordingly, and you know you you keep on following up with these people. If they say they're not interested, not now, we're gonna follow up with them in three months. If they say they're to hey reach back out to me in two months, we're gonna follow up with them in one month. Um, but we put them in these prioritized buckets, and basically based on how they reacted to the scripts, what they said to us the first time that we spoke with them. We're going to follow up accordingly and, and tailor our, our next call is going to be different from our first call. We're not just going to take them through the same pitch as if it's just a straight cold call. Um, but really the idea is to, to get them into a bucket, follow up accordingly. And yeah, we're not like changing the script based on one thing we hear, like the script brings out where they are. And like, if they're buying now, like I'm obviously going to pitch them on a meeting and tell them why I think they should take a meeting. Um, but if they say not now, or they say, I'm just not interested at all. I've been working with a lead gen agency for one month. We just made a big investment into this. I'm not gonna be like, Hey, you should, you should scrap your lead gen agency and, and work with us. Um, it's really about meeting people where they're at and just getting to the truth of, of what that is. I saw, I don't know if it's from Ryan specifically, but the mantra, your list is a strategy. 
uh, I think that's a big thing for for you. And actually, we have a question from uh, on LinkedIn from uh, Oh. Uh, actually, she asked three questions, but we'll start with the her first question and then ask uh, the rest later. But the f her first question was: she she would love to know how you segment your how you segment your accounts before calling. Actually, if we talk about the list, a nice part about being at Apex, especially you know past past roles I've had as an SDR. Um, I was responsible for building my own list, building my own script, blah, blah, blah. Um, at Apex, our, our VPs and our clients build the list. So they build the list of the people we want to go after. Um, and they try to segment that list accordingly, but it's really not my responsibility to, to do personally. So I, I can't add too much color on that. But for example, like when I'm calling for Apex, we're, we're calling on VPs of sales, chief revenue officers, directors of sales, et cetera. And we have a different script when we're talking to a, a sales leader as we do when we're talking to a marketing leader. Or if maybe you, you have a different like target audience that you want to talk to, like we're not just going to throw them into the same sequence, into the same list, unless we have a, a specific script for them. So if I'm calling a list, I'm using a specific script on that list because we I know that's probably going to resonate with the majority of those people. So it kind of takes out the guesswork of like, hey, like I should say this to this person, that to that person, change it up every single call. When I'm calling one list, I'm going through that entire list using the same script on, on them every time. And there, we have clients where I'll call for existing customers or I'll call for net new customers. And those are different scripts. So depending on the, the list that we're getting, we're tailoring the, the, the script to that. And that's another thing you learn when you're, when you're calling this list, you get from a client, for example, maybe the, the script's not, we talk about message rep, um, and, and list, uh, is a big thing we talk about. So it's either the people you're targeting are wrong. The, the rep who's on that like job or that campaign is wrong or what you're saying to these people is wrong. So if I'm calling a list and everyone's saying, Hey, this is not me. Hey, this is not me. Hey, this is not me. Then there's probably something there and we got to tweak it, but you got to make yeah. the calls, have the conversations to get the idea. Um, but at a high level, yeah, like the, based on the, the list we're calling on, we have a different script for that list. So we're not going back and forth and, and change what we're saying every time. So we can get on a roll and, and get used to having these conversations. Yeah. Something we forgot to mention also, because, uh, generally the, um, SDRs who are on, on the show or the AEs who are on the show, they work for, for their, for that's their roles, that's, that's their job. And they work for one company, actually, uh, something we didn't mention at the beginning, um, Apex, it's, uh, how, how do you use. So how do you say, uh, what do you do at Apex? What's the job of Apex? Is it a lead generation agency or how do you call it? Yeah, so lead generation agencies kind of uh, get, get a bad rap a lot of times. And a lot of times we say like, hey, like, you know, they have like these big promises, don't always deliver on them. Yeah. Um, we like to say we're an outbound sales effectiveness company. Um, okay. So so we work on top of funnel. We also help with coaching mm -hmm. reps on on taking our cold conversations and, and turning them into closed revenue. Um, we also offer services when it comes to cold calling teams where, with the phone ready leads. So that's another thing with Apex. I typically am around a 30% connect rate on the phone. Um, so I'm talking to someone every three dials or so on average. Um, and previously, you know, it'd take me 20 to 50 dials to, to have a conversation. Um, so here at Apex, we're doing months work of work, months worth of work, um, in days or weeks, just based on how many conversations we have per day. Also mentioning that for you, it means that you are working for different customer symptoms. So you said that you are having sessions for, for Apex, but also for, for customers. Something you mentioned about the list specifically, um, before we move to the next question is, um, 
you were talking about buyer personas. So um, do you have like, I don't know, if you have a list of 25 VP of marketing, of a, yeah, VP of marketing, 25 VP of sales, do you call first the 25 VP of sales and then the VP of marketing or how, how do you structure your, your sessions? For the most part, they'll kind of be on the same list. So I'll be calling a, a chief revenue officer to a director of sales on, on the same list, same, same uh, like script. Sometimes we'll have chief marketing officers in that list too, and they get they get put in there, and it'll happen. Um, but when I see that before I'm calling them, I'll I'll go to a different part of the script where it's like, hey, this is our we call it like a performance based outbound um, script, where it's like we're doing the same thing. Like at the end of the day, what we do is we're really getting we're going to book meetings, um, but a lot of what we get is what we call activated leads, which are people who show some type of intent, like interest in learning more, mention that they ha are, are running into this problem, um, give us a piece of valuable information that we can leverage or just their ears perk up. Perk up. Um, we call that intrigue. Um, so we're getting that information and then we're forwarding those conversations to our clients and we let them do a lot of the professional follow-up and that's how we operate internally as well. So when I'm calling internally for Apex, I have a good conversation for someone. They say, hey, like we have this problem. Um, we're doing this internally. I'm interested in learning more, but uh, before I take a meeting, I, I want to see this information or have a follow-up call about this information. Um, and then our VPs will follow up on our conversations. So that's a lot of the stuff we're doing for our clients as well. We are working for clients that are going from selling pots and planters wholesale to landscape architects and stuff like that. Um, up to like AI companies that are selling to, you know, VPs, C-suites of fortune 5,000 companies. And we, we treat them all the same. Now let's talk about uh, cold calling and let's talk about how you structure your calls. Could you dissect a cold call you've made recently step by step and explaining your script or keep on to each stage? And actually that's the second question of Hope. Uh, she was asking about uh, what's your favorite opener? Like I was mentioning before we jumped on here, uh, openers are something that I'm working on and we kind of believe that, you know, how you say things are way important, way more important than what you're saying. Um, so across the board for the most part, it, and it also depends on, you know, if this is the first time you've reached them versus, you know, they hung up on you in the past. Um, but for the most part, our, our opener is, Hey, this is Sam Biasi. You were not expecting my call. This is actually the first time I've ever reached you or the first time I've ever tried to reach you, uh, was hoping you might be able to help me out for a brief moment. And so that's the top of the call. That's our opener. Um, we play with different things and. Yeah, if you check out like the phone ready lead guys um, on YouTube, uh, they've kind of proven this whole thing where it's like what you say doesn't matter as opposed to how you're saying it. They would do a thing where they would spin a wheel before they made a call and that would be the opener they'd use. So they had however many openers on this wheel and they would spin it. They would use that opener on the call and it just it would work. For the most part, it was like pretty standard across the board in terms of their like completed conversations and not getting hung up <laughs> on at the, at the opener. Um, so that's what we use internally for our opener. Um, but the biggest thing is really just how you're delivering that, like sounding genuine. Like a thing I'm working on is not pausing at certain points, not like emphasizing at certain words and like slowing down my opener, or just like trying to keep it smooth and, and on a good pace. Um, but that's something I'm working on a lot internally is how I'm actually delivering my openers. Some days are better than others. And I'm always pulling calls, listening to my recordings if I can getting feedback from my teammates, like they hear things I can't hear and they'll bring stuff up and like, wow, like how long I've been saying this, I'm not sure, but you're right. But it's, it's hard to hear that stuff on your own. Um, unless you're actually dissecting those calls or getting feedback from someone else, um, and figuring out where in the script your, your calls are breaking down. So that's for the opener and what's the next step? 
Yep. Yeah. So for the most part, we we basically break down. So we have the opener. Um, next, we're confirming that we're talking. Or so when when someone picks up the phone, they want to know, hey, who's calling me? Why are they calling me? Do I know this person? So we try to answer that stuff at the top. So go through our opener. From there, it's like, okay, thank you. And at the same time, a lot of times people aren't listening to you at the top of the call. And it's really about getting their attention. So after someone says, hey, yeah, go ahead. Or, hey, what's this about? And then we're going through, we're like, hey, thank you. Thank you for your time, Elric. Again, my name is Sam Biasi, and I'm calling you from a company called Apex Revenue. Not sure if you've heard of us before or if that name rings a bell at all by chance. And then they're thinking, they're like, hey, uh, haven't heard of Apex. Haven't heard of Apex. No, I, I haven't heard of Apex. What? What's Apex? What do you guys do? So now they're asking us a question there and we're answering their question. They're thinking like, okay, like now they're engaged. Um, so from there, it's like, okay, like no problem. Um, we don't always do this, but especially for clients, when we have to confirm that we're talking to the right person, then it's like, Hey, no problem. Like that's, that's why I make these calls. Um, just to make sure uh, this might be relevant for you, Elric. Um, you are still the, the director of sales over at uh, SDR game. Is that accurate or am, am I way off base here? A lot of times we found with like C-level people, um, confirming their title there, they're just like, yeah, no shit. I'm the CEO here. Like they both kind of get put off by that. Um, so something for, for higher level people would be like, Hey, just to make sure I had the right Elric here, like you are still a CEO at your company. Um, so just making sure that we have the right person there. So opener, telling them where we're calling from, figuring out if they're familiar with us, with us, getting their brains thinking and like asking us a question. So now they're more engaged. And then we're confirming the title. And then we go through the purpose of the call. So this is something that I, I listened to the phone ready leads guys in, in my last company. Um, never really understood the point of asking this question. It was like, hey, this kind of sounds like wrong to me. Um, but I was just thinking about it wrong. So from there, we tell them the purpose of the call. So it's like, hey, thanks. No problem. Haven't heard of us. Um, the whole purpose of today's call was to see if it would make any sense to schedule an intro conversation. Sometime when I'm not cold calling you out of the blue, uh, I was curious if you had some time for a quick intro chat, maybe like later this week, Thursday or Friday. And then they're like, so they know the purpose of the call, but again, we're trying to get them thinking and ask us a question there as opposed, we're not trying to book the meeting there. We're trying to get them to ask us a question and be like, well, I'm, I'm not just going to book a meeting with you. Um, what is this about? Or what's that meeting about? What do you guys do? Something along those lines. Again, they're asking us a question. We've got them thinking. Um, and it's like, Hey, yeah, great question. Like, not sure if this is for you, but you know, here at Apex revenue, we do this and that. Um, I'm sure, you know, so we go to the pitch there. So we go from opener, tell them where we're calling from, confirming the right title, tell them why we're calling, open to get questions there. Like you're going to get hung up on at some points in that. And that's something we can talk about later if you get hung up, at a, but having your script segmented out like that, then you kind of know when to change things. If you try them again. Hey, he hung up at me when I asked for the first meeting. So I'm not going to ask him for the first meeting this time. I'm going to skip that part. Or, Hey, he, he hung up at me when I told him where I was calling from. So I'm going to skip that next time. And I'm just going to confirm I'm talking. Cause that's another thing is like, there's so many people out there where it's the right name, wrong person, or they're no longer with company. So they're just like getting these cold calls all the time where it's like, I, I'm not this company anymore, man. Or like, Hey, this is the wrong Elric. So like a lot of times we'll switch. It's like, Hey, just, the, just I, I tried you the other week. Sound like it cost you the worst possible time. Just to make sure I was reaching out to the right person here, you are still this person or, hey, you are still at this company. Um, just to confirm, and you'd be surprised how many times someone hung up on me, on, on me, on you, whatever. 
Um, and they're just like, no, like <laughs> I, I left that company 10 years ago, man. Like I haven't been there in a decade. And it's like, all right, I was talking about wrong person, like mission, mission accomplished. I can save this guy future cold calls. Like it wasn't just me. Like this guy's just getting a ton of cold calls and that's a problem. Um, so yeah, we go from there. Then we give him our pitch and that's pretty much it. Once you go through the pitch, then you're into open dialogue. And that's where, you know, you're kind of separating the, the men from the boys or the, the cupcakes from the Twinkies, whatever you want to say. And that's where like you get into the meat of the conversation. Um, but that's pretty much how we structure it for all of our internal calls, all of our clients in, in one form or another. We have different things we play with and some different scripts that we're, we're rolling out in different formats we're trying. Um, but we have those those three or four sections, whatever it is. And like, it's going to break down at certain points. And some clients you're calling people, we'll call like dealerships, for example, and people who own car dealerships don't have the time or don't want to have that full conversation. We'll figure that out. And then we'll just trash the whole script um, and make it way more direct. So it depends on the client, the people we're calling. Um, but yeah, you, you got to stick to something to figure out where it's breaking down, how to make it resonate, how to make the pitch resonate better, et cetera. Um, but at a high level, that's that's kind of what we're doing. So because I understand the idea behind the way you are structuring the the script, it's you you try to engage with the prospect instead of being the like a lot of reps are doing is pitching right away and they're not pitch slapping, basically, pitch slapping, yeah, pitch slapping, and that's it. And here you you try to have like to to move the conversation and have them engage and then be curious about why are you calling instead of just pitching and hang up, hang up. So I'm curious actually about the. Because here you are explaining about if they're not familiar with Apex, actually. So, but if they are familiar with Apex, what do you say? I mean, if they are familiar with Apex, it's rare and it's rare for most of our companies, but it's, it's again, like the whole thing is just, it's back to the idea of not trying to be interesting, being interested. It's like, oh, you're, you're familiar with Apex. Like, how'd you heard of us? Our, our CEO is pretty, pretty vocal on LinkedIn. Like, did you see that? Maybe, maybe that's a bad thing. Like being curious and like figuring out, Hey, how'd you hear of us? okay, like, why, why aren't we working together? Like, what's, uh, what do you think? Like just being yeah. genuine and curious about if they have a lot of times they like, oh yeah, you guys are that, uh, you guys are that finance company. You guys do like payday loans or something like that. It's like, oh no, like glad I asked, like completely different apex here, man. Um, and then you can move into your purpose of call or just go straight to the pitch. And that's another thing. Like sometimes you're, you're feeling out these conversations and when you're trying to get people engaged like this, a lot of times you can tell whether or not someone is actually engaged with you and like open to the call or whether they're just trying to get off the call and hang up at you, hang up on you at, at the first moment possible. So a lot of times I'll, I'll skip the meeting ask or I'll, as opposed to being like, Hey, the purpose of the call is to book a meeting with you. Are you free at this time or this time? If I can tell that the person's trying to get off the call, then a lot of times I'll, I'll kind of skip that part. It's like, Hey, Elric, purpose of the call is, uh, you know, see if it would, ever make sense to have an intro conversation, you know, when I'm, I'm not cold calling you out of the blue here, but uh, I'm not even sure if, if what we do would be a fit for you. And then you get into the pitch. So there's times where you, you kind of got to feel the person out and skip certain part of the scripts, depending on, you know, what you're hearing, what you think the person is like. Um, you know, like I said, if, if they've hung up on you in the past, then a lot of times you got to just get right to the point and skip part, different parts of the script, et cetera. Um, but it's a, it's a field game and like over time you, you get a feel for it and figure out you know, when, when to kind of skip certain parts or what type of person you have to kind of like, you know, hit on the nose and be like, Hey, I, apex revenue, I'm not interested. Like, Oh, not interested. Like, I haven't even said anything interesting yet. Like, can I at least like tell you what we do and, and see if this would ever make sense for you? Um, 
So yeah, there's, there's different parts where, yeah, sometimes, but for the most part, I'd say 95 to 98% of the time, like people have a lot going on, especially like Apex, we're a, we're a newer company. Like there are some companies we'll call for and they're like, Hey, yeah, like I, I have heard of you guys. Um, and that's maybe something that you kind of like work on more in terms of like how you handle that if they have heard of you. Um, but for the most part, most people are going to be like, ah, like, no, and it's going to work most of the time. Um, but, but yeah, so it's not the biggest problem, but again, it's just going back to like being genuinely interested. It's like, oh, wow. Like most people haven't heard of us. Like, how'd you hear of us? Like, is it this or that? Or like, just see what that's at. Well, I had the last question from Opa actually, because you were talking about, um, for example, tracking if they're in buying mode earlier or so. Uh, do you use a spreadsheet uh, to track that, or do you, you do you update the lead inside your CRM? Uh, what's your your way? What would you use to track that? Yeah, so we currently call out of a thing called front spin. Uh, if I'm hearing you right, but yeah, based on the what they say, like the call dispositions and stuff, it's like we've got you know meeting scheduled, activated lead, not interested, not now, not me, referral, um, needs attention stuff, or whether it's like no longer with company, etc. Um, but yeah, it's all getting like we, in real time, we're updating the, the call result there. Um, that four is over to our clients or it it comes internally. And then to the bucket things where it's like, Hey, not now Then we set the follow-up date right away. We're going to call this person in three months or or whatever it is, or it's like, Hey, call me back in six weeks. We're going to call them back in three or four weeks. Um, so that goes right to the client or maybe it, it stays in our call system internally. Um, but yeah, we, we update the disposition that gets sent out. It's all automated. Um, and then we set the follow-up date in there and then we have a, a, a like a, a cold list and a, a priority follow-up list. And then as that date comes up, we, we always start with our priority follow-up list. Um, those are people who hung up on us or we know they pick up or they told us to call us here. And then before we call that priority list, we, we know what happened on the last call based on our notes. Um, and then for the, the cold list, if they book a meeting or they want this information, um, we update that internally, pushes to our clients or pushes to my VPs. And then they have their own system where they're doing their follow-up and, and all that good stuff. And you are talking about, for example, uh, call me in two weeks or call me in a week. So is it the most frequent objection you get on, on the phone or what is it? It, it depends on the client. Um, so, you know, and that's part of like the list. Like if I'm calling a certain list where maybe the targeting's off, like the most frequent objection I'm going to get is like, hey, that's not me. And it's like, okay, like, you know, ask them some more questions about, Hey, like, what's your day-to-day look like? Like, how does this affect your day-to-day? Was I just completely off base with this whole thing? Um, and then it's like, Hey, like reach out to talent acquisition. Like I'm calling a client right now where, um, it's like a recruiting agency and like a lot of the HR directors will say, Hey, that's not me. We have a talent acquisition team. So like, those are like simple ones where just, you're talking to the wrong person. Um, but for apex, for example, the, the most common objection I'm probably getting is just, I'm not interested. So just like, I'm not interested. And say, like, okay, like not interested. Um, sounds like, like maybe they give you something, maybe they don't. It's like, hey, I'm not interested. We already have a, a sales team. We already have reps who are are doing this. We're good. And again, it's going back to inter- being interested and just try to keep them talking. Like the more you can keep people talking and telling you about their world, then you're either going to find a gap in there that you can like pitch on and like be like, hey, like we have a solution for this, or hey, most people are hearing this or that. Um, or maybe it's like, Hey, like I'm not interested because X is like, okay, great. Like don't hear that too often. Like most people are kind of struggling with outbound sales these days. It's, it's pretty tough out there. Like where are you having the most success? Is it on the phones? Is it through LinkedIn and email? 
Um, but just being curious and trying to get them to tell you more, try to get them to tell you more. And like, we always also talk about like Justin Middleton always talks like to us about like, Hey, you want to boost them up first before he asks a question. So that's kind of our transition where it's like, Oh, you have a team of 10 reps. Like that's, that's awesome. You guys are like, don't hear that too often. They're making calls or doing emails or doing all the above. Like, how'd you get that system dialed in? You're crushing, it sounds like you're crushing it. Um, and where you have the most success, et cetera. So just keeping them talking, figuring out what's really going on. And then it's like, Hey, maybe they really are not interested for the example I used earlier. Like we actually just started using a lead gen agency last month. Not sure how it's going. So that's like a true, like not now or not interested. Like it's just not a fit right now. Um, or maybe they say they're not interested because they, they had people making cold calls, et cetera, et cetera. But then you can, you can dive in. It's like, Hey, like how often are you talking to someone? How often are you booking a meeting? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Hey, yeah, like here at Apex, like we have a solution we offer for existing teams. It's called phone ready leads. Have you ever heard of phone ready leads before? It's like, no, what's that? And then you get into it. It's like, Hey, yeah, like I'm talking to someone every like three to five dials. I'd imagine you guys are talking to someone every 20 to 50 dials. Like, is that, like, is that something that you'd want your reps having more conversations, like four or five X more conversations? Like, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, with the not interested, it's again, it's just being curious and like not interested is not like a real thing. It's gotta be like a, it's too vague. Like it's like a, it's like a subjective thing where it's just like, Hey, this, this could mean not interested to one person. I'm crushed to one person could mean something completely different to someone else, but you don't know unless you, you ask the questions and, and dig into it. Here, the, the framework I'm hearing, it's really focusing on trying to understand what's the current state for them instead of, okay, they are not interested in it. That's it. Because like you said, it's not interested. It's not an objection. It's, it's, they're not interested because they are crushing it. That could be one option. Or they just, yeah, try the, with another company. Yeah. You say something like that too. And like, they'll be like, Hey, no, I mean, I wouldn't say crushing it. Like we're doing a pretty good job, but we're, if we're doing this and this, but we're, we're struggling here. And then you're like, okay, bingo. Like that's why I'm calling. Like exactly why I called. We hear this all the time. Like you should, you should meet us like blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, just being interested in, in trying to get them to open up is, is a big thing. Now well, we'd love to talk about data uh, and what you track on your course, uh, because, uh, something when I was preparing the interview, I saw, I would say the funnel of a call call. So you have conversation, so you have different KPIs. So you have, you are tracking conversation, completions, activity, leads, and meeting scales, and then you have the conversion rates between those stages. I forgot to ask that earlier. So what's completion? Yeah. So the completion is. We, we know we're talking to the right person. We get through the pitch and we come to an outcome. So they're either not, not interested, not now, not me, meeting booked, activated lead, et cetera. Um, so that's completion. So we track like our, and then, so how many people actually pick up the phone and how often do we get to a completion? How often do we get through that whole conversation, put them somewhere in that pyramid, get them in the right bucket of like what the next best step would be. Um, so that's completion. And uh, what's activated lead? Yeah, so an activated lead is someone who shows some form of interest. So they, I've got a little sticky note here. We've got the four eyes. Info, valuable leverage that we can use to follow up. Intrigue, their ears perked up. Something we said made them sound interested. Like part of our pitch is like, hey, a massive problem we hear is like reps aren't getting enough at-bats. You've invested in ads, premium data vendors, dialers, but still can't get enough opportunities created at the top of the funnel. And so I was like, oh yeah, like they, they say something, something perks up. They're like, oh yep, that's a problem. So that's like a form of, of like, uh, intrigue. Um, and then intent obviously is like, okay, sounds interesting. I'm not ready to take a meeting. Send me some information first. I want to see information on this or that. 
So that's a form of intent. And then interest is like an active problem the person's looking to solve. Like, hey, yeah, we're actually trying to figure out if we should hire internally right now or if we need to hire someone like you. Um, so active problem they're they're trying to solve. So those are our, our four eyes of info, intrigue, intent, interest, something that warrants a follow-up is an activated lead for us. The next question is from Christophe. Mine, uh, that was from the LinkedIn post. So he has two questions. Uh, the first one is, actually, so we talk about the KPIs you are you're following, that's the, the KPI, but on top of the KPIs, do you follow other KPIs uh, personally? Yeah, so something big that I'm following right now is how many people are telling me they're not interested. So I'm working on trying to flip from not interested to not now. As opposed to telling somebody to be like, hey, not interested, thanks for calling, don't ever call me back. To, hey, not interested right now, call back in a quarter. Um, call back in a year. Well, even if it's a year, whatever it is, we're going to call them back in a quarter anyways. Um, but yeah, working on getting lots of people to just tell me I'm not interested to, hey, like, not now. And what do you do to improve this metric? Because that was the other question. So how do you train on that to improve this metric? It's it's tough. Um, but the, the big thing is trying to ask better questions. So some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, like trying to be, you know, less interesting, more more interested. Um, so like, for example, you know, there it could be, you know, a lot of times we talk about is like how you start the call is often how you're going to end the call. Um, so for me, a big thing right now is working on my openers, like getting people like more, more interested in talking to me at the top of the call. So they're more likely to tell me what's going on at the bottom of the call. Um, so working on my delivery with my openers, um, and then just asking better questions. So whether that's, you know, working on my, my gap statements, um, speaking of gaps, that's something that Justin has me reading right now is gap selling by a guy named Keenan. Um, and that's, you know, a, a lot of the stuff in there is the same stuff we've been talking about, like. We're not trying to pitch lap. We're not trying to talk about our product. We're trying to get to problems. We're trying to figure out, you know, where is there a gap in their current state, current process um, that we can like kind of focus in on and, and ask questions about and keep them talking on that stuff um, to, to, to try to find a gap that we can fit our way into there eventually. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been learning a lot from that, but it, it's really on top of that, a big thing that I'm doing to, to work on this is, is listening to my calls. So listen to my call recordings when I can. Um, and just hearing when calls are breaking down on me. So that a lot of times I'll, you know, be trying to take them in a direction. I'll be trying to take them in a direction, but really I'm not following what they're, the person is saying to me. So like an example of something I, a, a call I can recall off the top of my head, I was talking to a, a CEO of a company, smaller company. He's telling me how he does all the closing for the business. Of course we want more inbound leads. So of course we want more like good, like, you know, prospects, et cetera, for me to be talking to. And I was like pitching them on our whole process where it's like, hey, like, we're not just going to get you inbound leads. We're going to like focus on this whole other segment of the market that is, you know, not really thinking about it. We're going to get information for you. You're going to have to do the follow up and like convert them into a <laughs> into a meeting. And he's like, did you hear what I said? Like, he didn't tell me this, but I realized in the call and he's literally telling me, I just want meetings booked. I just want inbound leads. And I'm telling him, hey, you you can do all this follow-up. We'll get you great notes. You're going to have to call him back. You're going to have to send him emails. And if I just listened to what he was saying, I could have pivoted what I said, where it's like, hey, don't worry about the not nows. Don't worry about the not interested. We're just going to get you activated leads. We're just going to get you meetings booked. It's going to be super simple to close on them, get them into the, the conversations you want. Um, but I didn't take it that way. I told him about our whole process over here that is super useful for a lot of customers. But it's not the problem. That's not what this guy wanted. So he's like telling me, he's giving me the keys to the to the castle here. And I'm just like in my own head, like I want to tell him what I want to tell him. 
and he, he hung up on me and you know wasn't a good outcome but for example that that that's one example yeah but you learned from it so because you know that you said that you you were saying something and then you were hearing something else so yeah and and another example i mean you, you asked about examples from recent I, i was recently talking to a guy um heard my pitch whatever he's like hey like we're we're all set man like majority of our business is all rfp type stuff um you know just getting grants from state governments or from like i think he was working with like uh departments of trans transportation or something like that and like i heard a little nugget where it's like majority of our business is coming from rfps i'm all set not interested you can't help us and it's like okay like majority of business like do you have another line of business like are you planning on like growing are you planning on go, going after the b2b space like is or is that all you guys are doing is that like all that's on the roadmap here and he's like well actually we we do have a couple new products that we're planning on rolling out um blah 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 and then it's like i i booked a meeting with the guy it's like but it's like 80 percent of his business right now is coming from this but in the yeah. future they're planning on expanding if i just took him for face, face value where it's like we're all set. We're pretty much just doing RFPs. It's like, okay, well, that's not a fit for us. Like, that's never going to be a fit for us. But then you kind of keep talking like, hey, what about that other piece of business over there that you, you didn't really mention? And I'm not sure what's going over there, but it doesn't hurt to ask like, hey, what's what's good with that stuff over there? And then it's, it ended up being like a really good fit, long 15-minute conversation. But if I just took his, his first answer at face value, you know, never would have kind of gotten, gotten that outcome. We go back to what you're saying earlier about being... So you are interested about him, man, but the situation and you ask the right question, then you, you, you find something that they were doing actually. So last question uh, of the episode today, let's talk about mistakes that uh, reps are, are making on, during cold calls. What's the biggest mistake that you think reps are making on the phone and how can they fix this mistake? I, I think the biggest mistake is, is we've kind of hit on, hit on already, but just pitch slapping, talking about, you know, our founders went to these companies, went to these schools. They were, you know, raised this money from, from these VCs. We're an AI company, blah, 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 blah. No one gives a shit about where your, your founders went to school, who funded your company. They care about problems they have and, and problems they're looking to solve. Like they want to get their problem solved. So like, don't care anything about your product information, gadgets, widgets, like uh, what's the right word? features feature dumping. That's a, that's a big one. Like stop feature dumping, stop pitch slapping, just make your, make your pitch more problem oriented. Like, Hey, most companies we're working with are seeing this, this, and this, are, are you seeing anything like that over there? Is, is that your world at all? Or am I just way off base here? So just getting them talking about their world, their problems, et cetera. Um, as opposed to telling them how you think you might be able to solve it, they're just in, like inferring that they're running into these problems and you, you're, they're going to like hear these, this one amazing feature in a list of 10 and just like, be, like jump at it. Like, oh yeah, like, I want to, <laughs> I want to buy that feature right now. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest thing is like trying to force people into these boxes. Like I can't tell you the amount of conversations I'll have, I have a client right now who I've been running for three or four months. People tell me X, Y, and Z, not now because of X, Y, and Z. It's just like, okay, sounds great. I'll mark the calendar if I'll see in a few months. Like, that's the luck of everything in the meantime. And then I call the phone, you know, three months comes around. Hey, this is Sam Biasi with X Company. We spoke back in October, wanted me to follow up with you in February. Not not sure if that conversation rings a bell at all. And that's just like, you kind of, you know, get a gauge of whether or not that conversation was impactful for him. 
Um, but I can't tell you how many times people are just like, oh yeah, like time is good now. I'm free next week. I don't even have to tell them anything. Like maybe you have to go over what we do again or they're like, hey, refresh my memory depending on, again, how impactful that first conversation was. But just getting them in the right buckets and, and trusting people for like not needing to take a meeting now, like timing is bad. Like timing is bad. We got all this shit going on. Like trust them. Like maybe they are, like maybe it's not true. You can ask some questions to like see if that's BS or not. Um, but not trying to force people into these boxes and, you know, try to book a meeting, every single pickup, every call. Like if you actually follow up them accordingly, um, you'd be surprised how many, you know, long game, how many more meetings you're going to book and, and get the outcomes you want. Um, if you stop trying to force these meetings and pitch slapping them and, and feature dumping them. So, and to finish on what you just say here, specifically about not pitching the features, for example. What I like about that, what you said on, on uh, this specifically is generally when you talk about features, uh, generally are more focused on the people who are in buying mode. There are those people, because people say yes to uh, people who are pitching on features, but because they're in buying in mode. So, oh yeah, actually we are buying, we are exploring these options. And if you focus on the problems, you are, if we talk about the pyramid again, that you mentioned at the beginning of the episode is you are, uh, your um, your range of people is really higher than that because you focus more on the, the pains. And sometimes if we talk about the buying journey, um, the buyer journey, some prospects, they're not aware of those problems. And by having this conversation around the problem, they will say, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, let, let's have another conversation. And then they will start to explore how to solve this problem versus if you talk about the feature, you don't, know, you don't talk about the problem and for them it's, yeah, I don't need that. Sorry. Yeah, no, 100%. Like you're, you're trying to, like, like we talked about, you're, you're focusing on three, maybe 10% of your market if you're lucky and you're leaving the whole bottom, I mean, 30% knows they're not interested. So good luck with them. Um, but you're leaving the other 60% of your market out. Like you're like, you could be hitting them every quarter, checking in. And like when, when push comes to shove and the problem is actually at the point where they're ready to buy, like they're going to remember like, Hey, this, this Sam kid, he, I've had a conversation with him twice in the past six months. He didn't try to force me into a meeting, but he thinks he can solve the problem. Like we're at least going to give him a shot. Um, so yeah, if you're just trying to, you know, force people into boxes, nobody likes being sold. No one likes being forced into a box. No one likes a cold caller telling them you need to you know, buy my product, take my meeting, et cetera. Um, they, you know, people get to have a pretty good idea of, uh, of what's going on there. Yeah. And if I could just plug one time, we're apex yep. revenue. We are hiring SDRs. Like the people here are legit. Like I said, I, I can't thank the people at apex enough for, for giving me a shot. Um, and when I say I've learned more in a few months than I did in years, um, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, I I'm making more money, not, not having to book meetings, like just having good conversation with people as I was at, at companies that were, you know, funded by in Silicon Valley, et cetera. Um, so if you think you can, you could have hundreds of conversations a week and, uh, make a couple hundred dials a day, um, give Justin Middle Middleton a, a cold call. It's a, uh, it's a great company to work for and they've, they've changed my life uh, for real in a short amount of time. So I, I have to give them a little plug at the end here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks for finding that and thanks everyone for listening to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is good. Thanks for listening people. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 
So for Spotify, to leave a review, what you can do is you can use your phone, then go on the Spotify app, then you go to the SDR game page, and then at the top of the page, you can leave um, a review. It's a, a five-star review uh, if you enjoyed the episode, obviously. And then if you are listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, feel free also to leave a review uh, on your app. Thanks for listening, and I see you on the next episode.